0: Hello, this is Ken, your RV navigator,
1: and Martha, the co-pilot, and, and we're talking to you from a beautiful spot and a campground so nice we visited it twice. Twice on our fabulous on our way Alaskan in itinerary, and out of the Kenai Peninsula, which is the main thing we want to talk to you about.
0: Today. And today is another great day because we have all four of our, the travelers online with you. So we have Jeff and Ellen, who are our traveling companions, in their Dutch Star that. Moves right along with ours. How many yes. miles have we put on it?
2: Um, I think we're getting close to 7,000 on oh, ours. Oh, wow. 7,000.
0: Yeah, you're about 1,000 miles more than us. Today, I think I'm just about as far from home as we will be. From here on, we start to head back. Yeah. So, In a circuitous way. It's mid-August, and the last episode, the mid-July episode, was done from Anchorage. Where it was cold and rainy We did it inside the RV Because it was cold and rainy As we found out Anchorage can be But today
2: Beautiful. We have had some nice weather since about midway through our stay in Homer. Yes.
1: I actually had shorts on today for two hours.
0: But I would say we could count the number of days above 70 on one hand.
1: Easily. Uh, Today. (laughs) Maybe on one finger.
0: Fairbanks. Fairbanks was nice at the solstice, which we talked about last time.
1: And one sign of this is as we were driving back north toward Anchorage today, we remarked to each other how much snow we were still seeing in the hillsides, that perhaps it had melted some, but I think some new glaciers will be forming here this winter.
0: And right now we are in Willowa State State Park, Park, and we are overlooking a beautiful mountain scene with a snow-capped mountain, um, how far is it, a a mile away? And if you hear whooshing sounds in the background, it's the... Glacial melt coming down the side of the mountain because there are at least four or five waterfalls and a river flowing within 50 feet of us. I mean, this is a fabulous campground. Now, let's hear the test. What is a willow? <laughs>
1: If I remember right, there's a song was, about it. I remember. It was a special storm that happens in northern Ooh, Arctic kind of remembers. places, where in this case the Arctic Ocean air is coming together with the Pacific. And it whooshes air. down the valleys. And when there are high mountains that kind of focus the air and it comes together, it creates storms that can be a hundred miles
0: an hour of velocity.
2: Ooh, this seems like this is a place where that could happen because we've got mountains well, on both sides of probably, us.
0: Probably that's why it's called Willow. right? Because it, yeah. It's a valley between two oceans that gets this uh, huge wind, it's, and it's called a Willowa storm.
3: And the last time we were here, there was a rainstorm, oh. and it was quite windy.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: But I don't
1: think it was dangerously windy. No, no, no. no, no, they, they no talked no.
3: about 100 mile an hour winds. No, it wasn't.
1: Primarily in, in the winter, I would think, too. The other thing that has brought us oh. here is that the salmon are spawning oh, yes. in the streams. And we have been studying and We've learning s- about salmon. We've been
0: seeking the salmon for quite a while.
1: <laughs> and it's neat to finally see them at the end of the road, at the end of their lives, when some of them turn bright red. And, and today, for the first time, we saw. did you see them? Yes. you, walk, yes, you we did.
2: Yeah, you, and and there lake, were a lot of them, In that lake, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's quite so a few may. of them up there.
0: So uh, the river that flows by our campsite here actually... These the fish go up these rivers, and you know they go over sandbars and and uh, waterfalls and everything. And then they get to the ponds, and that's where they do their spawning. And when they are finished, they die. They die. We did
3: see the the salmon pairing off, and actually, I think we're quite close to the egg (laughs) laying. And. I think
1: I saw a menage à and...
3: trois. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, that's not, not on the RV Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say it's usually three to one? And, uh... the, yeah, with the would they know? Right, right. At exactly. The Hedging yeah. their bets. So, we have actually learned quite a lot about fish since we've been here. Now, so, and the glaciers. Kenai, and we could
1: bore you for hours with all that we learned yeah, about them. Kenai fish.
0: is uh, famous for fishing. And mm-hmm. because we are non fishermen, we have just been observers. uh, uh, uh. uh. Uh Except for one
2: afternoon? Except for once.
0: (laughs) Yes, we actually (laughs) decided
3: we wanted to be part of the action. Okay. And uh, so we joined a fishing boat group and uh, went halibut fishing out in the deep water.
0: And how was your catch?
3: Well, usually I think fishing takes a lot of patience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was totally not the case with the halibut fishing. Oh, yes,
0: exactly. This
2: was a lot of work.
3: It was a little bit of well, work. Well, it was physically but, taxing. Yeah, but you just pretty much drop your hook down with the bait, and you get a nibble right away and <laughs> bring it up.
1: I think the only patience that I needed was waiting to get my hook baited once again so <laughs> I could throw it back in the water. Yeah. It really took care of everything. Yeah.
0: So we went out in a boat about two hours, and we fished for an hour. Yeah, or so. And every time you threw your hook over, you got a bite. I mean, it was within 10 seconds of throwing (laughs) your hook over, but it had to go down 200 feet, and it had a five pound weight on it. So the real exercise was. Pulling up this, it in. <laughs> this
2: five-pound I, weight, two
0: hundred feet off the bottom of the ocean.
1: I had no idea I would be working that hard. My hands ached when I got done, mm. and they kept making me throw them back and say right. they were too I still small. Got it. I
0: still got so halibut, halibut uh, can be between ten and two hundred fifty pounds in round numbers, and we were catching ones that were on the small side. I think the keepers that we had were in the ten-pound range. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> And of course, this was a, a very interesting experience because it was—you never had to touch the fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. From, from, I mean, literally, they're in our freezer right now, and we haven't touched the fish in between, <laughs> except I have a picture taken.
3: Right, <laughs> because on the fishing boat, we were not allowed to bake the hook. No, but we were required to hook it. to hook the fish. Right,
0: that's the only thing you had to do. That's <laughs> yeah, the law, because mm-hmm.
3: that was the law. There's a limit of two per person. And so we
0: threw some back so that we get bigger ones, so, right? Because we couldn't keep them all,
3: right? <laughs> Two per person that you actually hook, but you can have other people bait it, and you can have other people help you reel them in. <laughs> anyway, they got reeled in, and then the crew cleaned them. Yep, out on our way filleted back, them. filleted them, cleaned mm-hmm. them on the
0: way back. And, and then we took them to a processing came, plant. We came off the boat with our bags of fish <laughs> Plastic bag. Yeah, it was raw fish off the boat. we take them in the plastic bag to the processing plant, weighed them, and we each had about 22 pounds of finished meat. And you give them to the guys there, and they flash vacuum. Flash freeze them. Flash freeze them, vacuum pack them, and uh, ours are on their way home today.
3: Yeah, we had we each we each kept three or four pounds, each couple kept okay. three or four pounds, okay, so and let, we the rest mailed back. This so is a real dilemma when you're an RVer,
1: because if you catch all this uh-huh. fish, you certainly don't want to waste it. And we've run into people who have gone berserk with fishing <laughs> and thrown yes. away their dining room table so they have room in their <laughs> RV couple. for a, a freezer. They went uh, to the Home which, Depot, bought a freezer. Which is the other way to go, I guess. Um, well,
0: let, let's, let's put this in perspective. So we went, we caught 22 pounds of fish. It cost us each $110 to go fishing. That's $220. And I think that was geezer rates. That was geezer rates. $220 to go fishing. And it's cost us like $125 to have it shipped home.
1: Then we had to buy one-day fishing oh, licenses. Oh, that's right.
0: We had to buy fishing $20 licenses. <laughs> <laughs> a piece.
1: <laughs> what a deal.
2: So, so what's that come out to be? Oh, I don't know. Uh, a lot more than twenty
0: dollars a pound. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I
3: think it's about twenty dollars uh, yeah, a pound. Yeah, I think we about because we even.
0: we go to the market here, and we're amazed at how expensive fish is. Well,
3: halibut in, in particular. well, well, all fish,
0: but so the fish, and you don't get any bargains here in Alaska in terms of fish. So the fish were, it's about twenty dollars a pound to buy halibut from the market. So, yeah. t- dear listener. Go to your market and see how much you... And if you get it for less than 20 bucks a pound, you're getting a bargain <laughs> even fresh from Alaska. <laughs> but
2: we but, have the experience to yes, talk about Yes, but it.
0: we have some friends and neighbors at home who are going to be very happy because they're going to get some free fish. I <laughs> oh. <laughs> hope they like hell of it. Okay, so let's kind of take this in some sort of chronological order. Well, that, that we should mention was in Homer, right. which we just did. Which you is
3: at s- the very southern tip of the Kenai very Peninsula. Very
0: southwestern tip, right, of the Kenai. Mm-hmm. So just to do a little geography lesson here. Last time we were in Anchorage and Anchorage is at the very top of the Kenai Peninsula and the Kenai hangs down from Anchorage and on the Kenai are several cities that I'm sure you've heard of such as Whittier. If you've done a cruise you may have done a cruise from Whittier, Seward, another cruise port, Soldotna which does a lot of fishing and Homer. As an RVer uh, is this doable in a few days?
2: Oh easy. Easy. Yeah, the distances are not very far. We
0: have not filled up with fuel since the last RV Navigator. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah. 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 We filled way, up sure. on the way
0: into the Kenai. Yeah. And I noticed today that I'd only used uh, about a third of a tank, so yeah. we'll fill up again when we leave. But so we we're we had, in Homer two weeks. So yeah, we were in Homer for yeah. We spent uh, we spent obviously the last month in the Kenai, but if you're on a time schedule. Uh, what would be reasonable?
2: You could do it in half that time, easy, because mm-hmm. you know, like I, like I said, we were we were stopped there because we did take some some extended uh, side trips mm-hmm. while we were in Homer, and so uh, you wouldn't have to spend that much time there. And the distances are not that far mm, on the Ken- Kenai Peninsula. You know, we had days that we drove. 25 miles and we were in the next spot. And even so. today,
0: driving clear across it, we only drove 125 miles or so. Yeah. So, so the Kenai is very scenery. manageable. So, if you wanted to rent an RV in Anchorage, and I think we mentioned that the last time that the RV park that we were staying in actually rented RVs, Class Cs, and you could easily do the Kenai and Anchorage and then zip up to Denali which is kind of a... Mount pre- McKinley. Mount McKinley, which is a kind of a, a premier attraction for Alaska, because that's only 125 or 150 miles from Anchorage north, the opposite direction. But you could easily do that in two weeks.
3: Yeah, three would probably be and better, And it wouldn't kill you two. in terms of driving. Right.
0: No, no. And how about the RV parks? Have we stayed in some nice ones? Yes. Yes. Um, the one as a matter in of fact, Homer. they've all been really nice. Yes. Uh, the
2: one in Homer and the one just north of that in Inilchik, uh both just spectacular views out across Cook Inlet, and, uh, looking at the mountains.
0: And, of course, this Volcanoes. one we stayed at for Whittier. Right. That was fabulous. The one in Seward was a city park, but it was right on the ocean. Yeah. Oh, we we stayed look there for a mountains. week.
2: We didn't have great weather there, but but the, but the but scenery the, but was the fabulous. still, the scenery is great because you got, right. yeah, the whole inlet there is... Um, it's quite scenic,
0: and if you're a fisherman, all of these places offer all sorts of fishing opportunities. We did halibut fishing because Homer is the halibut fishing capital of the world. At least that's we did it self-proclaimed. That cheap and easy, cheap and easy, right? <laughs> but if you wanted, and we to didn't just... have to
3: get up at six in the morning or five <laughs> well, in the morning because we did the half
0: day. <laughs> I but I'm glad we didn't do the full day. I mean, geez, just what we needed is more time on the boat and bigger fish.
3: <laughs> well, right. And also, you still only could catch two. Two,
0: right? Although they did have special deals.
3: Yes, that you could do a overnight. <laughs> overnight
0: and catch four fish. So, so you leave in the afternoon, and then you stay over midnight because it's the next day, and you can fish the next day and catch two more. But and well, you only needed waters. one fishing, one day fishing license because it was good from noon to noon. Twenty-four are, hours. Twenty-four yeah. hours, right? So by doing those four cities, you could easily have a very nice Alaska experience.
1: And if you're a fisherman, uh, we've been talking about ocean fishing, but on our drive today we passed numerous streams where uh, people were having guides help them with fishing on the river and in the lakes, Uh, fly casting it looked like. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but um, you don't necessarily have to go out on the ocean and catch um, ocean fish. There's a lot of freshwater fishing on the Kenai as well. And so, we were kind of worried when we came down here because we heard that July is the crazy month for fishing yes. in the Kenai. And we were happy to say that we could go wherever we wanted and stay wherever we wanted. And it wasn't all that busy. It was easy to do in a spontaneous way.
3: But one of the reasons was because of the fact that they stopped king salmon, salmon fishing. F- uh-huh. because
0: so that may be typical of this year, but not, right. not, not, not year. on a yearly basis. So the Kenai has all of the quintessential Alaska tourist attractions. If you go to the east side, you find the glaciers and the wildlife tours, which we did from boats, which we talked about last time. And then if you go to the west side, you have all the fishing experiences. And, and frankly, but lots of great scenery as, scenery well. as well. right? And, I mean, the scenery is
3: <laughs> really incredible. <laughs> Stunning.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, even we get very blasé about it now because as Martha was saying...
1: Oh, we were driving today and I looked out the window and I said, that's that's oh. a picture not even worth stopping for to photograph. But if you move that scene to Illinois, it would be a major tourist attraction.
0: And she's absolutely right. Homer, which is uh, it's famous for the Homer Spit, and a spit is a sandbar that goes out into the water and they've built a, a city on it. And... So Homer has a a very nice little harbor and lots of scenery, but it's surrounded by these fabulous mountain peaks.
3: And including to the west were... Was a whole ridge of volcanoes, and several of them you could see. Volca- oh yeah, puffs of steam. Real volcanoes, escaped. right? Yes. Right. Oh, Most so
0: of steam. the mountains in this area are, are tectonic well, te- uplift. Tectonic mountains. uplift. Thank yeah. you. Whereas the ones that she was just mentioning are actual volcanoes with steam coming out of them. So they're still even v- uh, active volcanoes, which is even more interesting for us to watch.
3: Well, which. We did experience one earthquake. Actually, I think that was when we were here <sighs> at, yeah, at Willywa yeah. the first time. But we didn't see any volcano eruptions.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. We couldn't schedule one. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we Next did time. See steam
2: venting yes, from yes. a couple of them. Yes, so yeah, yeah, was, yeah. D- you could see steam the steam venting. venting, so you could tell that they were active. Oh, yeah.
1: We also should mention, if you have a little more time, that there are a number of towns um, within easy commuting distance of the Kenai that you can't drive to. Uh, for example, one of my favorite days in the last mm. month was when we took a little boat to Saldovia, which at one time was the largest town in Alaska, uh, all part of that gold rush business, but now is completely cut off from the rest of Alaska by mountains, and the only way you can get there is to fly in or boat in. And towns like that have a very unique personality and are not quite so touristic and feel more real Alaska to me. So it's fun to try to fit in one of those.
0: And, of course, we also took the Alaska ferry to Kodiak. And Kodiak is a large island the size of Delaware off of uh, the southwest portion of Homer.
3: Yeah, it's the second largest island in the United States, the largest being the large island in of Hawaii.
0: Okay, oh, oh, really. good to
3: know. We were there for eight nights, but all but the last day or two were pretty gloomy weather. Uh-huh. So we didn't get to see the full beauty to the last couple of days. But there's all these different coves and fjords, green hillside, mountains? totally green hillsides.
2: No glaciers, but the mountains there are a little bit of snow on the on the very peaks of them but mostly just tremendously green. I heard them Mm -hmm. call it the Emerald Isle. Mm -hmm. But you have to remember, if you go there with a car, you're only (laughs) going to see a very small fraction of that island. Uh, Most of the island is only accessible by air or by boat. Mm
3: -hmm. And again, one thing that, Um, has been another of the themes throughout Alaska is getting to know the local native groups Uh and there's quite a few of them with different outfits different customs and and different housing that they used and we did that we found out about the Kodiak group that's I think been a really interesting part of Alaska is how much life was here even before the Russians or the Americans came
0: Yes, I could. Yes, uh, we didn't do much of that, but I could see that that would be very interesting. In particular, they've turned themselves into Russian, or- Russian Orthodox, right? Right. Uh, Why is that?
3: Well, the Russians were the first ones to um, come, first Westerners, I guess, or European mm-hmm. descent people that came um, to most of Alaska, especially the coastal areas. Uh-huh. And the missionaries and because came. we're
0: very close to Russia here through the Aleutians, yes, it's so, in our backyard. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we can almost see it from our backyard.
3: And um, the the missionaries came and they were very effective, and so the the native groups actually almost exclusively are Russian Orthodox mixed with Native customs and culture and storytelling Uh uh, mixed in. And so most every town we've seen in this western part of
1: Alaska that we've visited has had a blue onion dome kind of Orthodox church.
0: Which is kind of a surprise when you think about Alaska. You don't think of it as being Russian, but when you look at the geography, it does make some sense.
3: On the Kenai Peninsula, there's various Russian enclaves of particular sects of Russian Orthodoxy. And in the stores, you would see the women dressed with with uh, what is typical for them, uh, hats and long dresses, and occasionally hear Russian being spoken also.
1: Their appearance made us Midwesterners think of the Amish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we have scenic beauty, we have fabulous wildlife, and we have a little bit of culture thrown in here, all on one trip. Right. So Kodiak, uh, we took the ferry to it. It was about nine hours one way and thirteen hours the other way. And you put your car on that. And how much did it cost? Do you remember?
3: three hundred dollars, I believe, for the car.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. And, then we and you took at the your B&B dog over there. Left and, our coach back uh, in Homer. Mm-hmm.
0: And you took your dog. And this we is something else I like you to talk
2: about. On the ferry, you couldn't take your dog off the car deck. Mm-hmm. But you also couldn't go onto the car deck <laughs> while we were underway. So they're not
0: allowed into the passenger area. Uh, although,
2: right, and on the way over there, they did give us about a about a thirty minute window, about halfway over, that mm-hmm. we could go down and let our dog relieve itself, and of course clean up after it, and <laughs> that kind of stuff. While we were underway, on the way back, there was one. The reason it was f- further was we stopped at Port Lyon. And it was um, a slower boat too and when we and when we did that, they let us take the dogs off and let them you know walk a little bit and relieve themselves and then
3: and they may have allowed people halfway through the remaining ten hour but we were sail, asleep. but we were asleep <laughs> and we we couldn't hear the announcements very well in our cabin, so. You know, We
1: slept through that if they had it. We don't know if
2: they did that or not.
3: So if
1: you're planning a ferry journey like this, the other thing you want to think about is the timetable. They don't necessarily leave at convenient times. There was a man in line ahead of us who was talking about his last ride left at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I thought, oh, what would you do with that? So we felt fortunate in that on our longer sailing, we had cabins and we had a place to lay down our heads and get some sleep where a lot of the people that didn't plan ahead or didn't want to spend the money had to sleep on de- chairs. A few people put up little tents on the top deck, and uh, that's a more affordable way to take the ferry, but definitely not as comfortable.
3: But the other thing is that um, uh, another idea is to actually use the ferry. We met one couple that they uh-huh. were totally traveling, uh-huh. Um, on the ferry system uh-huh. and not renting a car, didn't have an RV and traveled from town to town and including the Panhandle, the the southeast part of because Alaska. Because the ferry
0: goes to places, one, the cruise ships don't go to and it also goes to places that... Uh, the cruise ships do go to. So you can see, you can have the entire experience as you take the ferry, and, and they do, you can get on and off, and it doesn't cost you anything extra.
2: They do call it the Alaskan Marine Highway, yes. so they do treat it like it's an extension of the highway system right. in Alaska.
0: Because it provides the only access to, some, to many communities. And like, those
2: communities have roads, of course, and they have their vehicles and so on, but the only way for them to get back to the mainland is... Be <laughs> the hurt. ferry.
3: Oh, so one thing that's unusual about the two ferries that we went on—we went on two different ones coming and going to Kodiak—is that they had car elevators, <laughs> so that you pull onto the ferry, and that part seems pretty normal until it starts moving down a flight. So
0: it has an elevator, and then and, rotating,
3: and then rotates, and then you go in to uh, your parking So unlike spot. a lot of
0: ferries, if you go to Martha's Vineyard or something, where you drive on one end and you take or the you ferry and you drive off. across Connecticut Sound. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know, they're drive on, drive off. These are drive on, drive off, but there was a little bit of machinations. It in took between. us,
2: when we got to Kodiak Island, it took us an hour and a half, and we weren't the last vehicle off to get off. Because the elevator
3: only has one, uh, one or two or three, depending how big the vehicles are. On it, it. Would so it's a slow it, right? process.
2: And coming back, it was a smaller boat, smaller elevator, although the elevator did, I think, move quickly, more quickly, but it still took us an hour to get off. Like I said, once again, we weren't the last ones off.
0: So that was uh, Kodiak, an interesting island worth going to? Yes. I, yes, I definitely so. think
3: it was worth going to. Uh, but it would add
0: quite a lot of extra time to your journey. Once you got to Homer... It would. It would, it would add... Several days to your journey
3: right so, I'd say it's worthwhile if you're doing a long Alaska trip like we were we yes, are yes.
0: How about taking your RV?
2: Not ones like ours, uh-huh. not 40 footers, but a class, a small class C, and there were play, there were plenty of little campgrounds around the island, but there were no full service could, campgrounds. No full service, I don't think, so you'd have to have a generator and, 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 and a, a nice-sized water tank. Too. Just the same, but you could spend a night. Nice so where did there. you
0: stay?
3: Well, we stayed at a very nice bed and breakfast, so it was a little bit of luxury for us. <laughs> Give it a
2: plug, the Eider House.
3: Yeah, uh, the Eider House. It was very, very well set up, so we had a separate little living room and, and our own bathroom and nice bed. Kitchenette, too, you said? And a kitchen. Not a kitchenette, was a it was common, actually a kitchen. Yeah, there was a
2: common area kitchen.
3: It was the beginning of pretty much a lot of the Olympics while we were there, so it was kind of nice to have TV cable.
0: So we also did a nice tour there. And the this is another aspect of uh, going to Kodiak. We got to see some whales, and we got to see uh, some of the best pictures we've gotten of sea otters and some birds, you know, puffins and things. So, you, you know, all of these tours, things you can do from many cities, but you see different things in different quantities uh, on different days or in different places, I guess.
3: Was it, wasn't it that... Sailing that we had the dolls, porpoises oh, yes. dancing with the boat. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. That was really incredible. And that
2: was something that we, so we have seen them before, but this was the first time we really had them around the boat for a period of time where we could get some pictures. And they're
3: dancing like in the wake of the boat and bouncing swim- off of swimming the, and
2: the, as they call it, the it uh, was the really quite
3: breathtaking.
0: Break. You know, I think one of the things that has struck me overall on our trip is is that no place has it all, and that by spending the months that we've spent here that we are getting to see a lot, but there's still things that we haven't seen, and, you know, you just have to keep doing these tours. If you want to see the, the porpoises here, and if, you know, you want to see good otters there, and you, if you do take enough tours, you're going to see all these things, but... Being
1: a good tourist is hard work. That's the bottom line, isn't it, really? It's, it's very so hard work.
3: when you said that no place has it all, I would say all the coasted all the coastal places had those black kittywigs, <laughs> kittywigs and they are noisy birds.
0: Well, you know, we should talk about the uh, the salmon fishing that we saw on the Kenai River.
3: Well, yeah, we saw two types of, of salmon fishing.
2: The flossing, <laughs> where they throw the line in and then hope that a fish will get a hold of the line so they can hook it and pull well, it Well, on, on a
0: good run... And, and right at the mouth of the Kenai River is where we were. The fish come in in huge abundance. The fishermen, because these fish, as we mentioned last time, the fish are going to die. So you can catch them any way you want to. And they allow native fishermen to fish with nets. Giant right, butterfly dip netting, nets. The dip netting
2: was the other one. And not, nat- not native. They have just well, has to, be to be an Alaskan Alaska. okay, okay. resident. Okay, that's what I mean by and native. There's a, we could there's do a, Head of household can get 25, and other members of the household can get 10.
0: So there was a guy down there that we talked to that had caught 150 fish in one day. And they were pretty and catching w-
3: them pretty fast when we were watching. I
0: would say so. And not only that, but they were cleaning them right there on the beach. Oh,
3: yeah, that was pretty yucky.
0: It's hard work. Well, uh, we found out later that they they want the carcasses to go into the water. Yeah, that the people they don't want them to be brought into town or other places. That because that's where the, they're supposed to. Because it'll
2: draw the f- bears.
0: In. Yeah. Well, not only that, but they want the the carcasses to go out into the water and decompose, decompose in the in a natural condition. Because that's what they would be doing that's if they were That's what they'd dying. be doing anyway.
3: Right. But what people were doing was just <laughs> throwing the carcasses on the sand yeah, on the beach. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then they and then somebody, which was kind of yucky, because <laughs> some of them been a while there, and then there was a guy kind of plowing the sand and pushing them, back into the water.
0: But interestingly enough, we came back after our trip down to Homer, and we went to the same beach where they had been fishing, and it was pristine now. Really? Yeah, yeah we went and looked at it. Uh, oh, that's but, pretty interesting. So was, really there, was, there. There, was, there was no evidence that there had ever been any fishing there oh. or, that we oh. could see.
3: Oh. Mother Nature had
1: cleaned
0: it, it up. They did a good job of cleaning it up then. So that's yeah. one of the advantages of spending so, a lot of time.
3: <laughs> but So when we saw the people doing the dip netting, yes. they were pretty much shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, yeah they were. quite. All... But and, and when we saw them at the same time we went to the river and mm-hmm. saw them flossing, which means with the with mm-hmm. the fishing actual line. fishing pole and line, um, they were definitely
2: shoulder-to-shoulder there.
0: And were they snagging or just were they fishing? Um, if somebody
2: snagged one... Uh, Other than the mouth. It had to be in the mouth to Everybody keep it. would say, oh, that's too bad, and it had oh. to go back in. Yeah, okay,
3: so. it had to be <laughs> caught in the mouth. and.
0: Because the fish aren't feeding at that time, so you just kind right, of so have to... Right, so you kind of have to... Hope that it will
2: get. A, hope that it will be upset enough to so, see that line and chomp on haddock. it. Unlike the haddock, so you know, th-
0: it's fascinating the, the fishing culture up here because there's so many different ways of doing it, different kinds of boats, and and we're probably boring our listeners. But uh, if you come you, to Alaska, you're going to find out about this stuff.
1: And probably some of you that are avid fishermen are laughing because we oh, obviously we don't have any idea what we're talking about. But we've learned a lot. <laughs> and if you are an avid fisherman, this is the place for you to come. And you probably already know that.
0: And you've been hankering to, to head up to Alaska just to fish, but and it certainly is a big thing. Lots of advertisements, you know, guides and all sorts of other activities uh, focused on mechanism fishing. mechanism
1: in place to sh- uh, freeze them and shrink wrap them and get them to the airport if you're flying home soon. Uh, it's a well-oiled machine here. Yes.
3: So the other thing that's well-oiled is that almost every town we've been in has had some kind of visitor center uh-huh. or sea life place all sorts of places where you can that are free Mm. to go in for the most part and that you can learn learn. right the one in homer i thought was spectacular Uh all about the the sewer was very nice too yes
0: the kind of oceanarium there right lots of indoor activities to do during the rain (laughs) (laughs) but not as many as we would like
1: And I do have to say that even on the rainy days that we keep complaining about, that was often some of our best animal viewing, Uh, so you don't have to necessarily stay home, even though the weather is miserable.
2: Yeah, if you can't get any pictures of the mountains, you can usually get pictures of bears or birds or something. Otters.
3: Right. So those days, for the most part, they were maybe drizzly, maybe an on-and-off light shower, and low clouds that limited our views.
0: in the fi- But in the 50s.
3: Yeah, and chilly. And chilly. But we really have only had a, a few rain out days mm-hmm. where it was really raining. Hard. And Hard. you didn't even want to be outside. And la- yeah. One
0: of the last ones was right here. <laughs> <laughs> in Willowah. Yeah. In Willowah, right where we are sitting today, where it's so, so beautiful. But even now, it's only, uh, well, it's in the 60s today.
3: 7.40, sun's still up.
0: But it's it's we've low on the horizon of, here. It's, gonna go down, it's going to go down. It's going to go down by ten thirty. We're losing. <laughs> we're we're losing.
2: Been, we've been losing about five or six minutes a day. And actually, um, it
0: gets dark at night now.
2: And it does does
0: get totally dark at night, right? Which is good for sleeping. Have you had trouble sleeping? No, no, not, not really, not because
3: of the light anymore.
0: Anymore. Oh, but you did.
3: At, when I when we first got up here, I did. Then we patched up all the window holes. and Well, the thing snow. is that
2: you have to remember to go to bed because all of a sudden you're watching at 1130 and the sun's still up.
0: Yeah, How I was out go? yesterday. You could see the, the glow of the sun at 1130. It was still, and we were taking sunset pictures at 11 o'clock Yep, the other night. Yeah, and Homer. So that's yep. uh, pretty amazing that you could do that. So, And we see lots of people coming in in their Class Cs because that's the only vehicle they have, but they come into the campground. Somebody came in last night after 11. I think they had checked in earlier. But they had just come into the campground, uh, you know, for the night. At, you know, at a lot London. of
2: classes, of course, they go out during right. the day with their right. With their, their so even
0: here we see, tour. you know, about 5 or 6 o'clock, we see the, the campground really getting full because, well, I don't want to say full, but mm-hmm. there are lots of people driving in as a result of, uh, they're, they're ending their day and, and ready for dinner or something.
3: So one thing um, to talk about is that a lot of the small towns don't have all that many restaurants. Huh. And so it's really a nice thing to have a pantry in your Kodiac. RV. <laughs> Kodiak, we didn't have our RV, and they really had few restaurants there. And
0: the restaurants are expensive. It's, it's hard, hard to-, to have breakfast for less than $20. It's hard to have lunch for less than $40. Yeah. And dinner yes. is whatever 60, you want to spend. Yeah. 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 It can so, be quite high. No alcohol. Yeah, it's no alcohol, and it's not spectacular food. I mean, you it can have a – I mean can be. The other day, I mean, well, we had salmon steaks – which we know costs six dollars a pound at a restaurant and you know you're paying twenty five and thirty bucks for that. <laughs> with a potato. Yeah. And maybe a salad.
3: But That's, it's fresh salmon.
0: <laughs> it's very fresh. But I could cook it myself.
3: <laughs>
0: uh oh. Tuesday's coming. What am I gonna do?
3: One thing is that the rest of the 48 or 49 states all has this vision of a huge place. Uh-huh. But when you're here, I haven't had this sense of being in a huge place. I don't know how you would. I think the only way
0: to By feel the hugeness
1: the is to get out the map and see all the rest of the place that you can't drive
0: to, that yeah. you would have to fly to. Well, into and the boat. I think a part of that is that we haven't driven very much. I mean, we have, once we got here, we've been just kind <laughs> of we're spending a lot of time in in. A lot of places, but not driving much in between. And so it doesn't feel like it's a huge place. I mean, I feel like the drive across the plains was much farther than it is. Right. So that's an interesting
3: thing, I think, about being here.
0: Yeah, but but when you look at the map and you and you get on a plane and you fly around and you know you go to spend several hours on a ferry. <laughs> That's know, true. That, is, see, that was true. And you go to an yeah. island which is as big as Were- Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> you, know, you, you you realize that this is a pretty big place. Yeah, and,
3: but the grandeur of the views is oh, just stunning. stunning. Stunning, yeah, every, especially and, now and,
0: that the clouds have lifted. And driving down the road and and seeing in front of you and on both sides mountains and the sea and
1: wildflowers well, blooming, oh, fireweed in particular. Oh yeah, wildflowers fireweed
0: is
2: really something. So, so I'm surprised that's not state flower. Yeah, it's, yeah it's really, that is prolific. surprising.
0: So are we enthusiastic about Alaska in our trip? We are. Yes, yes very so much. much. So. Can we yeah. recommend it to our listeners? Quite heartily.
3: Yes, I can recommend it especially it's not nearly as difficult mm-hmm. as a lot of people lead you to yes, believe I
0: agree. and the roads haven't been bad as, and we haven't, haven't been even been had much frost even in, in recent times no i'm sure we'll run across some i i've been very pleased with the campgrounds i mean the scenic beauty of the campgrounds has been stunning in many places and reasonably priced i think
1: internet yeah. available many places Internet
0: available many places and just the ease of travel has been, has been very good. And I think RV is by far the best way to do this. <laughs> I mean, if you have a chance to rent an RV, this is the way to and if travel. if you've got the
2: time to take to do it. Even if you only have a couple of weeks.
0: Do it. Just do a piece of it. I think just do piece of it. Yeah, that's true. Now, as far as from here, we're going back through Anchorage, and then we're doing something that most people do right away, and they think of as the pinnacle moment of visiting uh, Alaska, and that is going to Dadali, which is the tallest mountain in North America. But we've kind of postponed it because of its location and because we think there are lots of other things to see and because it's a a very popular tourist attraction that everybody goes to. If you come on a cruise... And and
1: here in mid-August, we are beginning to see that the season is winding down, (laughs) and it might well be that there aren't quite as many other tourists in Denali as there would have been in July.
0: And we're going to probably talk about this in a future episode, but one of the things we're finding now as we make plans is, is that businesses start to shut down, we've actually had two campgrounds that were shut down here in In mid-August, Right, which is kind of a surprise to us. Certainly at home, you wouldn't find campgrounds closing. And certainly after Labor Day, there's going to be some problems if we're here.
1: And thus far, it hasn't been so much weather, I think, as um, manning these places. Uh And I think that'll be a problem when we drive back through the Yukon as well. A lot of young kids uh, are in charge of places, and they go back to school. There just isn't enough help around.
0: So we head from there to Denali, and then we're going to head up uh, through Fairbanks and back onto the Alaska Highway. And we're going to drive a road called the Top of the World Highway, and then we will be heading south through some of the territory that we have already covered. Retracing
1: our steps somewhat. Right.
3: And one thing we're hoping to see before we leave Alaska is the Aurora Borealis. Oh.
0: Now that it's getting dark, you're going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning so that you could see the Aurora Borealis. Yeah. So in Fairbanks... Mid August is when it starts. Now you made a kind of a mistake at the beginning of our trip when you said you wanted to see the the aurora borealis, and we kind of made fun of you because of the midnight sun. Right. But now that it's actually getting into August,
1: it might happen. And we they're might actually have doing a shot
0: at it. They're actually doing aurora borealis tours, and they start on August eighteenth. So are you going to see aurora borealis?
3: Well, we'll have to see. Of course, the sky will have to be clear and the
0: no electrons.
3: <laughs> being active, but I did find... But you do
0: have a reasonably good chance of seeing it.
3: Yes, and I found a forecasting site uh-huh. that they, a few days ahead tells you if there's a moderate chance, unlikely uh-huh. chance. Uh-huh. Hopefully, I haven't yet seen it say good chance. Okay. Is that, is that based on the solar flares? I think it is. Uh-huh. It's from the University of Alaska. <laughs>
0: Once again, we're learning. <laughs> People are probably yelling into their into their iPods saying, you idiots, this is what the answer is to your question, as, as we sometimes do. Other advice for travelers? Bring layers of clothes. Bring layers. Bring layers exactly. uh, boy, you know, that it really gear. hits home. And rain gear. And, and sure rain, sure gear. You rain I gear. gear. I have bought two jackets, a hat, gloves, a raincoat.
1: Long winter underwear. Long
0: winter underwear. Wool socks. Long winter Wool socks. Uh, Different gloves. Uh, dear, uh, yeah, it, all those things uh, since being here in Alaska. I've used everything. As a matter of fact, my gloves have holes in them because I've <laughs> used them so much. So don't skimp on the warm weather clothing. So that's a very good tip. Thank you for bringing that up.
3: And photography. And the, uh,
0: uh, you yeah, know. Well, we've only taken about 10,000 pictures. So. <laughs> Yeah, not <laughs> so not bring
3: annoying. so bring backup discs storage or whatever places. storage places for your photos.
2: Because
0: even in the bad weather, you're going to take lots of pictures. The rain and stuff. We have still had good days, and we've taken just a a gazillion I went out photos. They
2: took sixty pictures of the salmon in the lake. Exactly, so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And
0: because of digital, it's just uh, so easy to do, and you can take thousands of pictures very quickly. So the best thing about the Kenai probably the fishing. Hmm? Really?
2: Yeah, yeah, the, the watching the people fish, getting the fresh fish in the uh-huh. the restaurants. I mean, we went oh, back okay. to the fr- the, that too. the we went back to the freezing place. And there were people coming up there right, bring them right. oh, that's They're exciting. bringing them yeah. in by the truckload to, yeah. to, to yeah. freeze them there. So. Okay, the
0: best thing about the Kenai?
3: The view from the campground in homer oh, yeah, yeah. That was so and, spectacular. And the scenery.
1: Yes, oh my and, we had,
0: and we were there for two weeks, so we got to enjoy it. And, all, and the fog, I mean, it was just very interesting to see all the different shades of weather that we got a chance right. to see. And it sometimes was, you could see the spit and sometimes you couldn't. Yeah. So it was in the fog. It was incredible Good.
1: views there.
0: The best thing about the Kenai?
1: I wouldn't say this is necessarily just the Kenai, but I have really liked the Alaskan people. I <laughs> remember the same feeling yes, when we were yes. here before. Perhaps because this state is not so crowded with people or overrun with people, certainly tourism is very important to them, but you get the feeling that they are genuinely interested in you, they want to help you, they want to talk to you. Even
0: the haircutting lady.
1: Yeah, uh, you know I'm thinking of like the Disney World kind of feeling where people Uh are just cranking you through you don't get that feeling here at all Uh, these are nice people and they want you to love their state just like they do
0: yeah. And for me, I think it's, it's the surprise of not knowing what I'm going to see. You know, I, every day you turn the corner and there's something fabulous that you see uh, that was unexpected. Or you go on a, on a wildlife tour and you see some spectacular animals or a view that, that you didn't really know about and didn't know was coming down the road. So I think we all have had some pretty special experiences here in Alaska, and it's been a well worth the effort to get up here. But we'll tell you about that in more detail <laughs> as <laughs> after we head we, home. After we get we'll back. probably be oh the hot old lower forty eight. <laughs> Tired of driving. So if well, you got... I think
2: that I think you mentioned before that this was probably gonna be the last of the um of the round table meetings. Well yeah. That's... And uh but I, I'd I'd just like to thank you for
0: including us. No problem. Uh, <laughs> we've it's, had a great it's, time.
2: It's fa- it's been a fabulous thing for us to be able to get to horn yeah. in on your uh on no, your little, no, no. uh
0: Hasn't your, been hoarding in. No, no, it's been. It, it's great having the discussion and sharing all these ideas because everybody comes up with with new things to think about. And and you know the security of knowing that there's somebody else there looking out and, for what's going on. And, and I think we've had great camaraderie. Yeah, it's been a great yeah, it's trip. Been, it's yeah, it's been fun. Look, it's, it's not over. Ron. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> over. It's not over. No, no. Dear listener, we have another at least another month of this. (laughs) So so we're not sounding morose by any means, but we are kind of winding down uh, this particular phase because the trip is probably three-quarters over, even though we are still almost uh, only halfway in terms of miles. So with that, we will uh, turn it over to next month and say, hope to see you in a campground near us in the not-too-distant future. And we will be in a lot of them in the near future. Bye for now. Bye.
1: Bye. (music) I'm <music>